0: We go through the, that creation process. We look at what's there. We, we have to, to maintain that site so we know exactly what's going on. We know the trends. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. We know what brand is doing what.
1: Hi, I'm Joel Pilger, and you're listening to episode 66 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. Today is another in our profile of the Creative Entrepreneur Series with Jan Lohm, CEO and founder at ThinkMojo.
0: Welcome to RevThinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business.
1: Hello from San Francisco, all you fabulous creative entrepreneurs. Man, it's good to be back with you. I'm really looking forward to today's episode with Jan Lohm from ThinkMojo for many reasons. This is the next episode in this series that we are working our way through called Profile of the Creative Entrepreneur. It's where I sit down with a creative entrepreneur, an owner of a studio or a production company, an agency, and really ask about their journey navigating this intersection of creativity and commerce. And you're going to like Jan's story for quite a number of reasons. Now, I'm going to set this up by telling you a little story about me. And I'm going to reveal some some things in my story that are perhaps not entirely glamorous. And let me start by saying this, that I remember many years ago in the mid-2000s when my studio, my motion design studio, I had a goal of let's go work with TV networks. And we started working with Discovery Channel and other major networks on the East Coast in DC and in New York. And it was a big goal dream of mine to do promos and show launches and branding for TV networks. And I loved it, loved it so much. And accomplishing that to me was such a huge dream. But now I wanna fast forward because I remember specifically You've heard the expression when you get out of bed in the morning and your feet hit the floor. Well, that literally happened to me. And I want to say it was about eight or nine years later that I woke up one day, my feet hit the floor, and I can tell you something that shocked me at the, in that moment, because I remember it vividly, that I couldn't care less about producing another promo for Discovery Channel. Now, I tell that story Because as an owner of a studio, okay, an agency, a production company, your dream, of course, is to produce great work and do what you love and get paid for it. And my story I share with you to just reveal and be honest about the fact that what you love doing today is going to change and it's going to evolve. And you think I'm finally made it. I love what I'm doing. I could do this the rest of my life. And that's what I told myself. And you know what? That's true right up until it's not true. When it happens to you, I don't want to be a surprise like it was to me because I wasn't prepared. And as Tim Thompson often says, much of your journey is about managing your regrets. We think it's about managing success and failure and all this, but it's actually much more important to Learn how to manage your regrets. And I didn't do a good job at that. And it caught me off guard. And the transition that I went through years later when my studio was acquired, it wasn't nearly as pretty of a picture as you might think. Oh, wow, you sold your business. You got a giant check and you rode off into the sunset. No, no, that's not what it looked like. Now, I'll tell that story in detail some other day. But I tell the story of me waking up and putting my feet on the floor because my conversation with Jan at ThinkMojo. So Jan and I started working together several years ago when he went through the Jumpstart Accelerator and it it was a big boost, helped get his company on track. And then he and I started working together one-on-one and I became his consultant. And we recognized an opportunity to start converting and start leveraging what ThinkMojo is in the world, his studio, his agency, to start creating more, to start inviting community into the business and to start recognizing opportunities, ways that we could potentially build an asset. Because here's what I'll tell you. Most small creative companies are not really an asset. Yes, they're a business, but they're hand to mouth. There's really no true value there for the long term. And if your feet hit the floor one day and you say, I don't love doing this anymore, you can be trapped. That's what I want to give you a sense. This is my moonshot to you, is to give you a sense of there's actually a lot more out there. Not only is there something much bigger than your business called your career, there's something far bigger than your career called your life. So that's my setup for this conversation with Jan and ThinkMojo, where we talk about this really cool venture that we've undertaken called Spectacle. And you can go look at spectacle.is on the web. You can check out ThinkMojo at thinkmojo.com. One other final note before we get into the episode is I do have an announcement. And the announcement is that we don't have announcements. Because from now going forward on the Rev Thinking podcast, we're not actually going to have announcements anymore because we want to create evergreen content. Meaning you can play any of these episodes at any time. And they're relevant no matter what. So we're not going to take time away from the conversation, from what really needs to be talked about in order to cover stuff, events, timely information that's only going to go stale and be irrelevant. So from now on, if you don't hear announcements, that's why. And if you want to find out what's going on with RevThink, just go to our website, follow us on our Facebook page, and you'll keep up with all the things that we're up to out in the world. Okay, with that, I want to introduce Jan Lohm, CEO and founder at ThinkMojo.
0: Okay, so my name is Jan Lohm, uh, which is French and a little hard to say, so hopefully you guys got that. Right. Is it L, L- apostrophe? No apostrophe, but uh, th- the fact that you're asking this question means you've probably taken French because that would be the logical oui, oui. way to
1: write it. Yes, in French, I would think of, it's an apostrophe. Okay, so and what's your title?
0: Uh, I'm the CEO, founder of um, Think Mojo.
1: Okay. And Think Mojo, what does Think Mojo do? What's your positioning statement?
0: Well, we're um, an agency. We work with uh, select organizations. And what we do is we create uh, brand experiences through video.
1: Okay. And then what year was Think Mojo founded?
0: Uh, It was founded in 2012 and incorporated in 2013.
1: All right. And what types of projects or work does ThinkMojo produce? What do you call them?
0: A lot of web commercials, and um, we help tech brands kind of market their products. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. That's cool. And can you think of a recent favorite project like if you were just going to say like oh we did so and so for so and so what would that project be?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, I love. We did a lot of work for Invision recently, which is a big unicorn tech design company. Uh, lots of projects, uh, super fun team and uh, involvement in that touched many other projects. So that was a cool one.
1: I love that you just used the word unicorn. That cracked me up. Um, all right, and then think about an ideal client for you. So maybe it's an existing client or a future client. What's what's like the number one thing you look for in an ideal client?
0: Uh, design. I think design thinking mm. brands, uh, we love that. So Envision actually is a dream client in that regard. Interesting. So you design thinking, in, yep. in, if the client has that
1: sort of approach and mentality. Okay. And now a question, which I kind of know the answer to, full disclosure. I think, Uh, in the past year, what accomplishment are you most proud of?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Proudest accomplishment until today would be uh, the launch of our new product, Spectacle. Nice.
1: Okay. Well, I knew the answer to that question. Um, Although I didn't know you were going to say that, but I, of course, full disclosure, (laughs) you and I have worked together off and on now for a number of years, first in Jumpstart and then in a one-on-one engagement, which has been a total blast. But spectacle is going to be obviously a big topic we'll get into as we start to dive into more of the Think Mojo story. I think what's fun about this series that I call The Profile of the Creative Entrepreneur is I get to sit down with you and it's not asking you a bunch of questions about, oh, what's the... You know, what kind of work does ThinkMojo do and how do you do the work and creativity and all that? Like that stuff's all awesome, but there's a zillion podcasts out there that explore those topics. Yeah. I like exploring this intersection of creativity and commerce. Like what's it like to run a business like this? And what makes you different? What things have you learned? So this is what I hope to get out of this exercise. What was the initial dream? Like when you started ThinkMojo... What was driving you that ultimately made you say, you know what, I'm going to go start my own agency?
0: Yeah, so what's kind of unique, I think, in our situation is that we did not come from the advertising industry or even the animation world, really. We were doing some of that you know, on our own with no formal training or anything. We had our day jobs. I was a marketing uh, uh, product marketing director or manager in a software company um but we were you know doing those little cool creative projects on the on the side and so we had this like one client asking for uh, after having built websites for that uh, team asking for a video and we kind of took the challenge because we love to try things out and we downloaded uh, probably illegally at the time uh, a <laughs> yeah. version of after effects
1: not that we approve of
0: that <laughs> right right <laughs> and just realized how powerful that thing was and we just got hooked and uh and at the time we were actually already thinking of like l- launching our business but in web development like doing creating wordpress-based websites and stuff like that we were on the verge but not fully but then when we um tried the video thing realized how fun that was and realized how new of a thing this was at the time we figured you know what we're we're pretty good at this already and not a lot of people do it and this video. this there's like signal that is saying, you know what, it's going to get big. So maybe we should play our cards in the video business instead. And that's kind of what we did. Obviously, you know, uh, we didn't, you know, quit our job the, that particular day, but it, it took, took a few months to really think through it and, and start, you know, putting the whatever we had to do, you know, in place. Uh, but we did it. What I'm wondering is, was there a sense? Because when
1: I think of putting myself in your shoes, if I had this, idea called, Oh, I'm coming from software, but I'm really good at design and the marketing side of it. We're going to go create an agency and do websites or something like that. I would think, wow, I'm entering about the most crowded field out there, but yet, you know, that's okay. We're still going to figure it out. And then along comes video or animation or whatever it was you started doing. And now you realize, wait a minute, this is like a different niche or. Specialty or something that we're even more passionate about and it will hopefully set us apart?
0: Was that even part of it? I think in a, in a way, we kind of got lucky a little bit in that we were really naive, not coming from the industry. So we did not realize how crowded of a space this was traditionally, right? We were coming from the tech angle, like, oh, there's this cool tool that enables you to make videos, right? And, oh, that's and funny. Thought, oh, okay, we we should do something like this and, and help, um, you know, other teams you know kind of market their their products uh better that was kind of the initial idea we had no idea that how competitive the the marketing the advertising industry was and and all these huge agencies and 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 i think you know in a way that kind of served us because we we probably saw some things that they didn't really see at the time
1: that yeah that kind of cracks me up honestly because i'm thinking of patrick jaeger he's a executive at a nbc universal so he's making decisions about programming and content and he often encourages creative entrepreneurs like you like me people listening that actually your ignorance or your naivete or whatever words you want to pick is actually your advantage because all the people in the world that are producing tv shows are stuck inside of a box called i gotta do this 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 check all these boxes to produce content and of course the real innovation means stepping outside that box so when you launched think mojo (laughs) do you look back now and think gosh the fact that we were ignorant of oh there's this whole world called motion design animation after effects artists that that in a way allowed you to bring something fresh or new or something that wasn't there before
0: i definitely think this was the case i think we also got there almost you know, the right place at the right time. I mean, I was living in Silicon Valley at the time, so surrounded by, you know, tech, like everything revolves around tech over there. And so we just happened to get that copy of After Effects in our hands exactly at the right time and and start playing around with that thing right when all those like startups were taking off, like Dropbox and those companies that were just starting to use video. That was a super new thing. And we just started right there, right then. And I think that... is, is what kind of enabled us to get a break. So here's
1: the question I have for you. So when you started ThinkMojo, what, what was sort of the positioning when you started? Where, uh, what company?
0: Right. So it really came out of uh, mostly passion. I mean, I said my co-founder and I were really passionate about, you know, tech and product at the time. So we're really, we were really into like those new, startups and products, you know, when Dropbox, you know, came out, I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. And, and so that's happened to be the time when we played around with video a little bit. And again, using After Effects and realize, realizing how much powerful that tool is, the, it, almost like a light bulb went on. We just figured, oh my God, we could do like Hollywood, or at least TV broadcast uh, grade stuff for anything we wanted. So we figured, you know what, we could, our own product, we could make commercials for our own products. Even better, we can actually help friends or those cool startups that we love and they suck at marketing. We could actually, I wanna help them, you know, promote their um, uh, product in, in a better way because we knew we knew how to do it. And it kind of felt like just us knowing this, like, best kept secret, this tool that we could use to help them uh, or help our friends discover the startups through uh, the making of those videos. That was really the, the idea of it. And so we decided, okay, maybe the value prop or the way we should position ourselves is about uh, getting across the value uh, proposition of those uh, companies. and right, so those brands and those that. products.
1: Yeah. Well, I think about today, and I love, this, I love this positioning that you have that you call, you say people call us the viewer experience agency. And there's, that's so interesting, right? That, that immediately makes me curious, which means you're doing good marketing because I'm curious. <laughs> yes. But it also makes me wonder, yeah, but when you think back to when you started, how did you not fall into the trap of we're an explainer video company? Or were you maybe in that trap for a season?
0: Um, I think we probably escaped it at the right time. I mean, we, back when we started, it wasn't a problem because that was new and shiny and a new thing do and it, it helped a lot of brands you know get there and we were part of that so i'm really proud of it uh, but after a few years you know this wasn't new uh, anymore a lot of studios and teams were actually coming on the market to do exactly that so we were weren't the only ones uh, anymore we got lucky enough to be almost have like a first uh, mover advantage so you know we had um, some heads up to at least uh, enough of a lead time to build up build up a portfolio and a reputation, and after a few years, you know, looking at the market and and how many studios were doing this, we realized, you know what, we're this is getting commoditized. I mean, it's it's it really is a community, and we we gotta do something. You know, we're gonna have to look ahead, see what's next, and uh, even more importantly, <laughs> maybe fine tune our positioning and and reframe the way we present ourselves and potentially change the, what we do a little bit. So
1: I'm just gonna put a bookmark on what you said there and because it's worth emphasizing that the video explainer category let's call it is commoditized right Uh, definitely yeah i mean i just want to put that out there to anybody that's listening that's like oh we're a video explainer blah 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 i'm like watch out because price is the only determining factor for those for those studios and that's not a good place to be What was your sense when you said there's more out there for us and you ultimately landed on we're going to be a viewer experience agency?
0: Probably twofold, I think. Uh, On one hand, it was realizing that uh, to become a, a sustainable business, it it transcends the the work, you know, it's just more than the work and more than that one thing and there's gonna be, we're gonna have to have processes in place and then look ahead and, and be a bit more proactive about how we approach the market so that, and it just kind of forces us to look at uh, the current market and what was, you know, coming next. That's one thing and the second thing was actually organically talking to uh, to clients and and. Figuring out, you know, observing some little needs here and there. You know, you, when you work with, uh, you know, teams, you know, day in day out in you know, your clients, you realize it's oftentimes the same kind of problems you start solving or questions coming at you, and you you are able to observe those patterns, and from those patterns, you start uh, getting better at solving them, and then making up a, a, an expertise. And we realized that there's a, a few patterns that we noticed that were to us indicating. Of what's coming next, uh, which, is, which, is, which goes beyond the explainer, and, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, in a few minutes. Well, yeah,
1: because that sort of leads me to this concept, concept of VX. Yes. What is VX? Because I remember when you wrote this thought leadership article, which is like UX before, the VX wave is coming, And I remember you shared it with me and said, hey, we're working on this thought leadership piece. What do you think? And I was immediately struck with the cleverness of the strategy, not only of what VX is, but of course, just how you were going to communicate it to the world. But can you tell us? what vx is in a nutshell
0: <laughs> yeah so vx and i realize it it may sound like a really bold uh statement but the idea uh, of vx is um I, well i don't have to sell you on the idea that uh, n- nowadays like any content video is the, the preferred way of consuming any kind of content on the web or online right and so <clears throat> um, brands they've figured that out they're smart so they started using video um, into their marketing right um, but what's been a challenge for them is to uh, the fact that basically trying to nail down that uh, video component can really kind of make or break the success of your product or your brand or even your, your business. And so slowly we started uh, you know, coming along those brands and helping them out, uh, kind of rolling out video as a component within their organization. And we realized that uh, making great, a great video is not enough anymore you gotta go uh, beyond that. Uh, And so the whole idea was to approach uh, creating video the same way that you would approach creating or building um, a product. And, you know, we were influenced by, uh, you know, tech and and product uh, design and if you follow, if you look at the past, uh, and, and look at what um, the web design industry has become, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, it was just uh, the beginning. And it was kind of the wild west, west at first, and then slowly uh, some methodologies, design principles kind of started um, you know emerging and helping the field getting better at uh, product design. And I think that we've kind of reached the same tipping point, uh, but with video where right now video is exploding all over the place i mean you can't possibly be a brand and not producing content right now i mean what uh gary Vinerchuk you know said like basically you you know content is the baseline and if you're not producing content you basically don't exist you know which is you know partly true Mm -hmm. um and so the idea now is to okay well how do we enable brands to approach the creation of video better so that they can launch products you know more successfully more consistently uh, and, and at scale so coming up with this idea of uh, vx viewer experience is putting the viewer uh, first and applying design thinking principle into the making uh, of those videos so i love that because i'm
1: thinking back to before the web existed and i'm i'm revealing my age here right <laughs> But in a way, I do remember this day and age when there were brands out there that someone like Coca-Cola, and we're going to launch some sort of a new soft drink, and they're launching it, and they're doing ads, and they're doing radio spots, and I don't know, they're doing a stunt where they maybe have an event and the sweepstakes, and then there's this thing called, oh, and I guess we should do a website. Yep. But in a way, the website was sort of bolted on to this thing called the typical brand framework. And it sounds like what you're saying is similarly, video has been kind of a, oh, and we need a video for that. Bolted on, right? And you're saying if you approach it with design thinking, you're going to view it as a whole experience. And obviously, video is a a component that's woven into the fabric of that entire effort.
0: Yeah, um exactly. I think a, a good way to sort of illustrate that through an example. So, if I take Apple, Apple is a design-driven company, and what's great about Apple is that they really understand uh experience. When they build a when they create a product or launch a new product, let's say you just get a new MacBook Pro or an iPhone, when you get the box, it's not any box. It's not just a card box or a piece of paper with nothing on it. When you, you know, remove this little plastic film and open the box, it, it smells good, it feels good, texture is awesome, it's, that's part of the experience. And they figure that out. It's not just a product. So the, the takeaway from this is that they figured out that it's not just about the product, you need to pay as much attention to what's around it. So for Apple, the packaging is part of the experience. Sure. Just as much as the product is.
1: And so is the Apple Store. So and is the so Apple is Store, the exactly. The website. So is Tim Cook's you know,
0: keynote. I mean, all of that, right? All of it. And so, you know, obviously, this, been, this has been a little bit more obvious in the web and product design. But now this is uh, reaching video as well. And so what we're saying here, my belief, is that video is not just a medium to get some information across from one brand to one customer. It actually is and should be uh, part of the brand experience. In other uh, terms, when somebody watches a video from your brand, um, they're actually experiencing your brand, which means you should be paying as much attention or devoting as much attention to the production of that particular piece of content than you are to the actual product because it is the same. It's the brand experience. So it's, it just goes beyond the product. And VX is this idea that you're putting the, the viewer first putting yourself in the shoes of the viewer, so you understand the way they are experiencing your brand and video being such a big thing in marketing now it is one of the primary ways of experiencing a brand that's the whole idea behind it
1: now I hear that story and I go wow that's really cool but now if I put myself in your shoes and I say I'm gonna go out and talk to clients and companies, brands, organizations that really need this. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking a new language because I'm showing up and saying VX and this whole experience and the role video is going to play now has evolved and changed. Has that been fun, exciting, challenging, strange, fraught with difficulty? What's that? What's that conversation been like as you're starting to really Unleash this concept of VX into the world.
0: I think it's being both uh, exhilarating and and equally challenging. I would say because uh, you know it's very exciting. It's something new. We feel like we're onto something. Uh, there's a lot that. Can be done in that field. I, you know, I don't think we have all the answers yet. It's something that's you know kind of new. So we're breaking ground, trying to figure things out as we go, and it's not always easy because we're sort of at the forefront of that, and not everybody, you know, is there yet. Uh, but we're super excited to be uh, at the origin of it and creating this new category. You could you could say in in a way. And, and be able to kind of catch everybody up and 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 see if we can sort of create a movement or at least uh, get people on board with the idea because we think that it's it's uh, it's going to help you know it's going to go beyond Think Mojo ourselves just like UX is not proprietary to a particular design studio everybody gets to benefit from it and uh, I believe that it's going to be the same for VX.
1: So VX in a way is a methodology a. A set of best practices. Now I'm chuckling. I'm thinking of this saying that my partner Tim says on occasion (laughs) that the general who gets too far out ahead of his army can sometimes be mistaken for the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets, (laughs) he gets shot because he's so far out ahead. Has that happened where you've approached a client or some sort of a target, and they're like, "I don't even. In fact, I don't know what that is. Not only that, but you're even sort of scaring me." Or,
0: yeah, yeah. well, fortunately, nobody's gotten shot yet. Nobody's <laughs> dead. But uh, yes, no, it's, you know, sometimes you're a little far ahead, and and you you talk to a potential client, and they're not there yet at all, and they're like, "No, dude, like, I just need, just give me a, a sixty-second video. That's all I need." And that's where you kind of need to, uh, uh, you know, step back a little bit and kind of slowly. Um, sort of educate or at least, you know, provide some insights and, and it's fine. No, but not everybody needs to be there yet. It's going to take some time, just like when explainer videos started and the idea of using video online for marketing was kind of new and now everybody's caught up. And, you know, I remember back in the days when we started, you know, just having an, an, an explainer product videos on your homepage was a huge deal, huge deal. And now it's a given. And now if you look at a website, there's videos on every page, every possible piece of, you know, uh, real estate on, on the side, is going to be something. So it takes time. Um, but we're, we're finding that the, the more savvy brands, they are just on the verge of, of being ready for it. And we, we, we have, you know, evidence in our first contracts, you know, going in that direction. So that's super exciting.
1: Would I be grossly oversimplifying if I said that producing a video for your product is now simply a tactic but vx is a strategy
0: yeah i think there's some of that i think uh you know a good way to frame it is that a lot of brands have been producing uh a video almost like uh it was kind of a shot in the dark you're like okay you have a brief from your brand and and the two teams you know the agency and and the studio uh the brand get together they they brainstorm through concepts, you know, go to execution and release it and hope, hope it does well. Yeah. But that's kind of backwards, I think, and that's where UX did a lot of good to product design is that they say, wait a minute, there's probably ways to, to test that before it's released and make sure, increase our chances of success. And that's the same idea behind VX is that you start iterating, prototyping, testing things. So you actually, you create things with uh, user-based, some behavior, you know, um, data Uh, before you release anything and so you can test those concepts you can get some results and then sort of fail fast for the the things that don't work you know eliminate those and focus on what really is resonating in the early stages and then and then when it's ready for short time you you launch it and if you've done your job well you have higher chances of succeeding because you tested everything throughout the way very Um,
1: interesting right so you're creating it sounds like a body of knowledge a set of best practices That if we do these things, we tend to win. Exactly. We tend to succeed. So it's not just simply this seems cool. It sounds cool. It looks like what everybody else is doing, whatever, that you're really, and does that help you position yourself more as a leader, as a guide, as an expert when you go into those conversations?
0: I think they, uh, when we go into those conversations, uh, oftentimes the, the team in front of us just realize how little they know at least like how well we're actually there, way ahead of what, where we are. We haven't, haven't thought of that yet, and they know what they're talking about, really. So I'm, I'm, I'm
1: thinking of a, of a statement that you said here that I, I wrote down in my questions because I want to hear your, you expand on this. Because this, this is what I would call a moonshot. Now, what I find myself saying sometimes is that every, every brand, every major company needs to think of themselves as a content network. That's sort of where the future is going. You said it this way. You said all brands will be media companies in the next five years. And I, I very much believe that as well. The question is, what does that mean for motion design? For agencies like okay if that's a coming reality what are we gonna do about it
0: yeah it's been really interesting you know looking at the last you know four or five years and I think it's more evidence by the day to me but what this means is that so there's been this shift uh, between what used to be the mainstream so you looked at traditional broadcast TV uh, you know even print And that used to be the primary way of, uh, you know, vehiculing, you know, marketing information from brands to users or customers. And then came along this thing called the internet. which changed everything. And now you could argue that the internet is the mainstream. It's taken over. It's bigger than than TV. I mean, like when you look at some YouTubers that have millions and millions of subscribers, they have a bigger audience and engagement than a, a TV channel from cable.
1: Well, I would just interject and say, anyone that has children in this right. era is living that reality. Because those of us in the previous generation talk about things like, when is that? When does that show come on? And oh, what channel did you see that on? On, and our kids are the ones that are that don't even reference. They don't really recognize linear and TV networks and those traditional Absolutely. things. They just think in terms of. If it was online if it was youtube if it was instagram whatever i get it that whole world over there eh, i don't really know what that's about
0: exactly and so what this means for uh brands and and the world that service them is that there's a lot of brands are going to be producing a ton more content because they are turning into if they are smart they are turning into these or thinking at least like those media uh, type companies Trying to build up an audience, creating content that can resonate with people, build trust, and then ultimately sell more products. But to do that, you need to create a ton of content. Uh, it could be, you know, this, it, the whole gamut, you know, it, not everything needs to be high production value necessarily. There's a place for, for everything. But again, it ties back to this idea of the, the the brand experience or the viewer experience where whatever comes out of the brand it needs to be cohesive. So for motion designers and agencies, they need to be cognizant uh, of that. First of all, the... The amount of content that needs to be produced, there's a lot of problems to be solved there. I think a lot of brands realize how much needs to be created and nobody can catch up. I mean, it's nobody can produce as much content as it should be. And nobody's solved that yet because it takes time to produce good content and that's really hard to scale. I think this is whoever cracks that code is going to land on a gold mine because it's it's a big problem for for brands and you know for agencies and motion designers out there anything you can do to help scale the that production of content you're going to be in a really good shape Uh, that's that's one thing i would i would say to you know to the industry
1: yeah i'm just sitting here thinking about that voracious appetite when you think of so many people in the world that live and breathe. Of course, they come. You know, we've we grew up with TV, perhaps, and now you look at a machine like a Netflix, Amazon Prime Video. I mean, the this golden age of television that we're in, which is not even really television. <laughs> it's it's the it's the internet is the delivery mechanism, uh, or it's the distribution. But yes, how can you as a brand compete with that for? for attention, for eyeballs, for awareness. If you're Coca-Cola, if you're Delta Airlines, if you're Target, Ford Motor Company, whatever, you, in a way, are competing for, well, people are going home and watching. There's hundreds and thousands of shows and all this amazing content, and it's incredible, and we're going to somehow rival that? So you're right. There's an incredible riddle to be solved there
0: yeah yeah in fact um uh for those who know the the company uh wistia they they wrote a piece on this uh, not too long ago uh which is really interesting um and yeah the, the their answer to this is that yes right now there's like unlimited uh competition for for attention and the only way to really stand out is to produce content that's either better or really valuable to your audience for brands um you know, it's it's interesting what's going on right now because uh, with the internet you can really reach distribute your story easily uh, anywhere. And when you look at what's been happening with the podcast world, well, I think this is super interesting because as you've probably heard, Spotify just bought like Anchor and whatever other podcast company for hundreds of millions of dollars. But what we've seen in the last few years is that you can find an audience for almost any possible niche you could imagine and i think that's going to be true to brands brands are going to be able to create put content out there that are you know directly targeted for a very specific uh you know segment of people but it doesn't matter if it's small uh, for as long as they are uh you know intently or intensely passionate about it and that's how you build a really good you know brand foundation for your brand and that's how you come on premiums and that's how you 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 know become a, a successful business and
1: alright so this this leads me to an interesting perhaps segue to start talking about spectacle because if you are a brand and you are you know we live now in this really interesting era I don't think a lot of people appreciate that back in the day broadcast television was Broadcast. So, what this means is if you're NBC, CBS, whatever, you put a show out there, you air these commercials, and it goes out to 250 million Americans. Okay, that's the definition of broadcast. Now, think of the shift we've gone through that now we can target, individualize, we can actually IP addressable send a message from point to point. Mm-hmm. So, now if Jan really loves that brand baseball cap and he loves those shoes. I can speak to him. So that old broadcast model, you know, is just slowly declining. And this yeah. has been the big challenge in, in linear and even cable television. Okay, so now I'm a brand. And I'm like, great, I get you know, you're wearing Converse. Good choice, by the way. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna speak to Jan about I'm Converse, I now wanna speak to you. Now what? How do I speak to this customer, this segment, this niche about my product, my service? I don't even know where to start because the traditional answer was you go to a big agency and they, you spend millions of dollars and here's your campaign. But that was in a broadcast model. Now, in this model, I'm going to create a bunch of different pieces of content for different audiences. I don't even know where to start. What, how do I do that? I need inspiration. I need ideas. So now I've teed you up.
0: <laughs> well played. Uh, yes, that's actually a common question that we were getting from, from Clint, if, Even asking ourselves you know, internally at uh, ThinkModule, but it all came from this idea of that the new mainstream is the Internet, you know, as opposed to traditional TV. And what's been really interesting to observe is that uh, for as big as it's gotten, there isn't a lot of resources available online. To cover that, so it's interesting because you you look at brands like you know coca-cola and, and Procter and Gamble and all those big you know fat brands, and uh, there's a ton of resources to help you through those big campaigns you know they, I, li- I like to call those brands the the one percent there's a one percent of brands that have enough budget to produce a Super Bowl commercial or put on some big TV campaigns and that's great, and that used to be really great, but now, with the internet being the new mainstream. I'm asking like what about the 99% brands, the other ones that are not using TV because either they don't wanna put millions of dollars in a a Super Bowl commercial or because they think there's a better way to do it. And that better way could be that uh, they could be crushing it on the internet because they're a bit more modern about it and that's what's been happening. But what's been lacking is the the amount of resources to help you through that, finding that inspiration, right? For those 1% brands, you can go to Adweek, you can go to you know, Ad Age, and, and, and there's so many resources. But there's none for the rest of the world. And that's what we're building, that's the idea behind Spectacle. To have a destination for uh, those brands that want to leverage the new um, mainstream with the internet and, and guide them and in, in show them w- what they can use, how other brands are, are crushing it uh, through that medium.
1: I love what you said there about the 1% because I think of it this way. If you look at, like, I'm going to reference the Fortune 500. So, if you look at the Fortune 500, you're going to, if you just look at the top 50, let's say, to a certain extent, they can afford to do whatever. And for the most part, most of those are content networks. Most of them have sort of, they're already there. So I think of the darlings like the Marriott's of the world or the Red Bull's or the whatever, right? These, a lot of these uh, examples. I know Red Bull's not a Fortune 50, but what I find so fascinating is think of the line between this company's figured it out. These, all these 50 companies have figured it out, but everybody below that hasn't. And that line is slowly over time moving down. But what's great is there's thousands and thousands and thousands of brands that are waking up to this reality of gosh, we got to become a brand network or content platform or media company or whatever the term is. But we need inspiration because we've got to go start producing content. And I'm guessing your clients have been asking you, Hey, what would you do? What would be your idea? What would be your approach? Think Mojo. And you realized, there's not a lot of great resources out there for inspiration. So what was your answer? What, how Where would you go for inspiration?
0: Yeah, so, um, and it, it's it's very true. I think one of the, the bigger frustrations that we could observe, uh, you know, when talking to, to clients and other teams is that, like, they all knew they needed to make video. And sometimes they're just, like, almost, like, overwhelmed or it was daunting. Like, well, I know I need to make video, but I don't even know what to do, you know. Um, and the, our go-to you know, inspiration would be to hang out on like Motionographer or stuff like that. And there's a few, or, or Adweek for the big campaigns, you know, but, but as I said, again, it's not necessarily the most relevant anymore. Um, and, and when you go to a website like Mo- Motionographer, which I love, uh, there's a lot of resources for, you know, the art, the craft, the style.
1: Yeah, the and design. And that's awesome.
0: But it doesn't answer the big marketing questions like when I I look at the cool videos on motionographer, I'm like, Oh, that looks super awesome. It's, it's pretty to look at, but like, okay, but uh, I mean, what's the big marketing answer to my problem? You know, it's not going to help you with that. So we felt like it'd be really cool to have an inspiration website that actually kind of answers. Uh, those questions a little bit and say okay well I want to see how Facebook is solving this problem of uh, user adoption on their new feature or I want to see how Airbnb onboard users on, on their app or through vi- obviously through video um, and that's the idea behind Spectacle is that you can l- go to the site look at all the latest and greatest videos from all of the, the hot brands that are have been using videos in, in a way that's been uh, super interesting and innovative and see how they're doing it and then you can kind of uh, you know, filter through the different kind of uh, use cases and, and formats and styles and, and, and uh, you know, sh- uh, social channels, stuff like that, so that when you have uh, a problem you're trying to solve you know, within your brand for your next campaign, then you can go there and see how your competitors are doing it or other smart brands that figure it out and say, oh my God, we should do something like this.
1: So what I'm hearing is this is almost a classic business story. So at ThinkMojo... You were getting called on all the time to solve a problem called, we're not really sure how to launch this product, how do we speak to this audience, how do we, you know, this video experience, viewer experience you talk about, we love that, but what, what, what do we do with that? And in order to answer those questions, you need inspiration, you and your team, and you started realizing, gosh, we're in a sense manually Aggregating all this inspiration because we're going to these different resources, whether it's Motionographer or Ad Age or whatever, and you're finding all this cool stuff, but then you're realizing, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we created sort of a streamlined, refined way of gathering and collecting this and curating this stuff for ourselves? And then the shift is when you say, I think other people. Could really benefit the, from this. Was that the moment when you said, "Oh, wait a minute," and now we have spectacle. What so? What is this? And when did it? When did it launch? Yeah, that's
0: that's <laughs> that pretty much the story. We we you know it's something we kind of built for ourselves. You know, we were getting all those questions from the client, and sometimes you know you want to answer with a concrete example and say, "Look at this," you know. Um, And so we started doing this kind of organically and every time we'd come across a really cool campaign or or some videos that we thought, oh my God, this is so well played, you know, we'd bookmark it and bookmark and bookmark and start, you know, tagging it, categorizing it just for our own. Uh, basically, our own database that we could use, you know, for pitches and stuff like that. And and at some point, we realized, you know, what this actually <laughs> has some pretty good value. And if it's value, uh, you know, it has value to us. You know, chances are, uh, you know, other studios and and brands will will find, you know, value in it as well. So we decided, okay, you know, now that I think Mojo is a little bit more established. We've we've got time and, and uh, resources to to invest into this thing and turn it into a project and an asset for for a company, uh, and I think it's just it's just to us it seems like a, a good decision on so many um, level. One of them being that it's first of all it's a tool we use and it's a huge time saver. The uh, the second one is that as you know you know being an agency you're basically um, at the mercy of your clients. You know every you know you gotta. Make payroll and your' service you know bound um type of organization and uh, some sometimes things dry up and you gotta figure things out so we figured having an asset that's there constantly almost passively uh is gonna be a big help in those times um and that's one of the reasons why we kind of went for it uh and I guess the last one would be that. In a way, it kind of serves our, our story as well and reinforces our expertise because we go through the, that curation process. We look at what's there. We we have to, to maintain that site so we know exactly what's going on. We know the trends. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. We know what brand is doing what. And so when we talk to clients, we can talk about all that stuff and they, they can see that naturally we we are expert. I mean, because we go through that process, we, we know exactly what we're talking about. And, and uh, this, this goes, you know, along with the, the value proposition that we propose to our clients.
1: So I remember a moment when you and I first started talking about this, the, the possibility of this. And what's of course humorous to me was the moment when we were talking about, gosh, wouldn't it be cool to have a website that's featuring all this great stuff And we will organically have some of ThinkMojo's work in there, and it'll naturally bring traffic to ThinkMojo and help drive more of the agency side of the business. And I chuckle now because that's, like, a fairly obvious, Mm -hmm. okay, sure, we'll create a website, and it brings more attention and and so forth. And then once you really exploit the idea and you really leverage what you have, meaning in ThinkMojo, you realize... Oh, it goes way beyond that (laughs) because now spectacle is almost a business unto itself, or I see it going in that direction because there's opportunity for a much bigger network. There's curated collections, right? From some influencers. You can tell me about that, but there's sponsors. I mean, there's a lot of things in play now that go way beyond this initial idea of hey this thing's kind of cool and it might drive some business to think mojo so what what are some of the surprising ways that it's continued to grow and evolve now
0: yeah so when we started working on the platform and designing and developing the product we just we kind of started digging deeper and realizing how much bigger this could be than our original uh, vision and how much bigger it is you know um, compared to to think much it's much bigger than ourselves really in a way and um that first version that we launched actually just about a week ago uh is it's really barely scratching the surface of what we have uh in mind but already you know we've been able to involve a lot of really cool brands you know that are partnering for the launch and help us create some of those collections so there's a lot that can uh can be done but it's it's small compared to <laughs> all the things that we have to do so you're right maybe at some point will this will turn into its own business uh you know we'll, we'll see how it goes um but the one thing i know is that there's a need for something like this in the marketplace right now because i know <laughs> because we're using it you know uh internally and i want to figure out a way to to help out more more teams you know empower more brands to to do better marketing and I think this is partly some of the answer
1: so tell me a few of the names that are some of the curators that are participating in spectacle because I think launching day one with some of these names and these influencers says a lot about their belief in the concept
0: yeah and it's been really great to get some interest from from all those brands Um, you know, the, the top of mind, uh, Wistia is a big one, and Wistia is a, a hosting for uh, videos meant for business, kind of a, a YouTube competitor. Uh, you've got uh, Webster, which is a, a reviewing tool for video. Uh, you've got a lot of tech brands like InVision that's in design, uh, Zendesk.
1: I see School of Motion uh, here S- as well.
0: School of Motion, uh, awesome. Yeah, they, they they were super excited to to be able to uh, to help curate some of the, the content on there.
1: And can I plug RevThink?
0: Of course, <laughs> uh, friends. I think one of the, think, uh, one of the curators. Around, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. We're we're excited to uh, to continue to curate what we can bring to the to the platform.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a blast. I mean, it's it's been like uh, over a year in the making, probably two years, you know, between the time we we thought of it and and actually execution, it, and it's taken a lot of time and effort. So it's nice to have it launched and, and wild and, and starting getting feedback and and you know. Uh, resonance from from, from people uh, we can kind of breeze for a second kind of refocus on ThinkMojo for a little bit and then uh, start the next round again of uh, the next evolution for the for the platform but some of it is going to be driven by what we hear from users and, and agencies and brands so I'm, I'm super anxious to see what uh, people think
1: well knowing that you come from software you bring a different mindset and mentality because I think of you're already thinking iterate yeah and you're thinking version, and the next, you know, when we do 2.0, it's going to be all this, 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 which I think is exciting. So let me let me ask this question. I see this really interesting, uh, maybe I'll call it a virtuous circle. How here's spectacle, here's Think Mojo, and the two are distinct, but on the other hand, they actually somehow help and feed one another. Can you tell me about that? Is that is that part of the vision of how these are going to how both companies are going to move forward?
0: Yeah, definitely. I would say it's almost like a byproduct. I mean, we 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 really built Spectacle because we we felt there was a need for it, and it was compulsive, almost like we have to get it out. It has to, it has to exist. So we went. That was the the primary driver. But of course, when you think about it more, you're thinking, okay, well, this actually is going to be really handy, uh, a, a big strategic asset for. For the company, for the brand, for Think Mojo, uh, and one of the ways that it, it really helps a lot, and I almost don't want to say it because I feel like like giving a giving out like a, a good trick or secret there, but you know, uh, it's it's having a product like this is a way for you to approach brands without hard setting anything because you're not you're not promoting your own agency, you're not saying hey I want to do work with you, you're saying hey we've got this awesome platform with a big audience and and the audience would love to hear from you and and how, the campaigns you run and what works and what doesn't and so we start forming relationship with all those brands and of course along the way in the conversation oh what's think Mojo? tell me more oh well you know we work we help all these other brands and oh well you we actually have a project can you help you know so inevitably at some point you know more comes you know uh, from it even though that's not necessarily the original uh, intent but uh, I think it's a good move in that sense and I, I would definitely encourage other teams to think that way well I'm,
1: I'm laughing because as your consultant I'm sitting here thinking okay wait a minute don't give away too much of the secret sauce <laughs> but no I actually love that I love that you share that because it's a very generous uh, thought for you that Spectacle does provide such a a powerful way to start conversations with, obviously, with brands and potential clients, but but influencers, also uh, allies or peers. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what you would call like a wistia or something. Yeah, but probably
0: these are a lie, But what's ally, really interesting, like ironically, we also have studios like competitors you know on the platform curating and you know it's a small industry well well yeah we're you know comp- competing but also good buddies and so it's kind of cool to have help from other studios we admire and have them contribute to the the curation and it, you know joel you always encourage uh studio owners to to you know, right. get in touch and kind of leaders should others. talk to one so, another <laughs> and i think you're right i think you know being able to create those relationships uh it, it can only help you know you you never know how some opportunities might rise just from talking to even your competitors. Sure. I mean,
1: it's obviously much better for you to have your expertise and your specialty, your why. And if your competitor has his or her specialty and their expertise and their why, let them have it. Yeah, that, That's their jam. This is your jam. And Spectacle is a really cool place where you can bring in some of those voices and it's not really a threat because Think Mojo, VX—I mean, everything that you guys are doing—it's yeah. your thing, and whatever their thing is, is their thing.
0: Yeah, no, it's actually we should probably emphasize that because it's it's really important. It's not a threat, and um, you know the way we we go at it you know with the spectacle is that we we want to we almost view it as its own independent thing so yeah we we have a logo out there but it's not about ThinkMojo mojo and we there's very little of our own work on the platform we really want to celebrate you know great work from brands and and agencies uh, and we put the spotlight on them so you know we're going to have a section to you know uh, i i guess you know put some cloud for or i don't know like you know odd fellows and and uh the bucks of the world or the smaller agency the smaller guys and it's a it's a chance for everybody to get seen you know as long as you do good work chances are you will appear on the platform
1: so i'm thinking if i'm hearing this right now and i check out spectacle which is spectacle.is right yes i'm my next thought is if I run a studio or something like, oh, wait, okay, this is really cool. I can get a lot of inspiration here. But how do I participate? Is Do you have any sort of a process in place right now for those? I don't know. It, it could be brands. It could be other influencers, other studios uh, by which they can have a presence here or get involved what does that look like
0: yeah so right now what you can do you, you can create an account whether you are a brand or an agency or studio you can create your account and that account enables you to first of all bookmark the videos that you really like so for your own inspiration if you need to pitch a client or even your team you can do that easily and I'm telling you it's going to save you hours and hours of looking on YouTube and, and website and stuff so that's why we, we built it uh, but then you can you can bookmarks those into collections that you can either keep private or you can release uh, on the platform for everybody to see. And so uh, you know, we try to build that relationship with uh, you know, teams that we really admire and, and uh, value their opinion. And we, we encourage them to kind of create and create their collections that we that, uh, think are actually useful. And so you, you can see those on the, on, the, on the site. You can create your own. And then the one that we think are really good will just feature them.
1: That's so cool. Well, I love that you've thought through some of those basic functions of oh, I can create a collection of my own. I have my own account. I can share it. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's been as I said, it's been super handy for us. We've been using it for months now, and, and I'm I'm really excited for people to uh, you know be able to to play with it uh, as well.
1: I'm reminded of this quote that I may have I may have said this in a previous episode. So frequent listeners might say, yeah, I already heard that one. But I heard this quote from Philippe Carvalho, who's a title designer in, in Portugal. He said, do work that is meaningful to you because chances are it will be meaningful to someone else. And I think that's really the grand theory here of, hey, we thought this would be really cool for us. And then, of course, you step back one day and realize, whoa, this could be really cool for a lot of other people. So I think it, the theory is right on track and I'm excited to see where it goes because you're right there's a lot of assumptions built in here but it's going to evolve and adapt and grow and you know it's out there 1.0 or are you calling it 1.0? <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't 1. want to put 0, words yeah. in your
0: mouth. <laughs> I think the next version will probably call 2.0. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm excited to see where it goes and of course um really also excited to see how Think Mojo and this really body of knowledge and best practices that you call VX continues to get out there and grows and takes on a life of its own someday so that just like we talk about UX we all talk about VX because I think it really does have that potential to be uh, part of just our common language and what it means to communicate in our modern world
0: yeah and it's the same thing I mean uh, it it is a great conversation starter not everybody might agree with our view and some might say well this is just a buzzword or whatever uh that's fine with us you know we're it's it's just a way for us to start the conversation we have our own opinions and views and not everybody needs to be on board with it but we're gonna keep pushing uh through it because we really believe in it and and uh i think this is gonna serve more than just us
1: yeah well thanks for being on the podcast jan it was awesome
0: uh my pleasure joel You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at revthink.com.
1: I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about it's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends. And it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.